Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. In our last message about the equipping that is to be found in the stripping that comes when we truly receive the Holy Spirit, we talked about Jesus having a winnowing fan in his hand, us being the wheat on the threshing floor that is being prepared to be turned into bread. But today, I want to go a little further into some biblical demonstrations of this, what it looks like in the practical, and how Jesus himself even demonstrated it in the physical. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, we began by reading this passage, I, John the Baptist, indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Now we understand in this passage that John was giving a word about the Messiah that was coming, the Holy Spirit that would rest upon him, the purpose and the process that it would bring upon those who would receive it, that its purpose was to bring a purifying and a preparing of that vessel to be used, to be part of something bigger than they could imagine, that it would not be an easy or even a pleasant thing, but that it would be necessary because Jesus is coming back again and he's coming for a pure and spotless bride. Therefore, when you truly get saved, when you get delivered, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. That you're just going to have blessings in the physical raining down on you daily. No, that means you're going to begin a journey. Jesus himself demonstrates this as he walks up to John the Baptist. John the Baptist says these words about him and the Holy Spirit and its process. And then Jesus was baptized by him. Many of us look at this process as the proclamation of the beginning of our salvation experience. The Bible tells us very clearly that when this happened, the Holy Spirit came and rested upon Jesus. But something very interesting happened that gives a perfect demonstration and an explanation of what John the Baptist had just spoken about the Holy Spirit. That as soon as Jesus receives it, he is led by it into a wilderness to be tested and tempted by Satan. In verse 16, we pick up, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and lo the heavens were opened unto him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him and lo a voice from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and so the chapter ends but remember that in the original text there was no chapters or divisions so we move to the next chapter first verse of it and see that the story continues by saying, Then 
was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That's not a message that we hear preached much on Sunday mornings. Come, be saved, be baptized, make your profession of faith. Receive the Holy Spirit so that you can be empowered to endure a wilderness. Let him lead you as the devil comes to tempt you, to try to dethrone you and remove you from the great and mighty promises of God that he said will come to those who endure to the end. Not only those who have the faith to leave Egypt, but also those who have the faith to stay the course all the way through the wilderness and into promise. Because you see, the wilderness has a purpose. The wilderness is the threshing floor. And if you will go through the threshing, then when the winnowing fan of the Holy Spirit blows, you will easily let go of the chaff that holds you back. So we see that Jesus goes into the wilderness, that he fasts and he prays, and then the enemy comes and tempts him in three different ways, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. In these three areas will we all be tested. Oh, prove that you are who God says you are. Try to validate yourself. Here, break your fast. Give up on God's plan. Take matters into your own hand. Try to get it an easy way without going through your wildernesses. Oh, the devil will tempt and will test. Here, how about a little fame and attention and riches? How about a little persecution and rejection? What will it take to get you to walk away from the threshing floor? And stop the process. Remember Jesus himself said time and time again. Those who will endure unto the end. It is them that shall be saved. This has always been God's way. If you think about it. This is exactly what happened to the Israelites. Right after they were delivered from Egypt. That is like our salvation where we are delivered from the bondage of the enemy by the blood of Jesus, the firstborn of God that died for us. The lamb whose blood was put upon the doorpost so that the curse of sin and death might pass over us. Coming out of Egypt represents our salvation. And immediately out of Egypt, what's the first thing that happens? They go through the sea. That represents our baptism. And just like Jesus, when his baptism was completed, he was led of the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. As soon as they came out of the sea, where did God lead them? Into the wilderness. This was the process for the entire nation of Israel. This was the process for Jesus. Jesus said he didn't even need to do it, but he did it as an example unto us. This is the process. You got to surrender to it. You can't run from it. You got to be willing to be separated from the chaff, the sin, the flesh, the selfishness. The unbelief, the useless things that hold you back. 
He's not going to pollute his body, his bread. You won't be part of it. Unless you let him purify. Let the Holy Spirit do his work. You know, it's very interesting that as soon as the Israelites were led into the wilderness, they began to go through tests. They got attacked. It wasn't easy. There was lesson after lesson. Many of them wanted to quit and go back to Egypt. But those that stuck with it and kept believing eventually did make it into promise. But there was a process because there was still a lot of chaff, a lot of Egypt that God had to break off of them through this process. Lessons about community. Lessons in selflessness at the well when they ran out of water. Lessons in how to cover one another when attacks came. Lessons in how to praise God in the midst of their trials and tribulations. Lessons in trusting what God gives them even when they want more in the flesh. To care more about feeding their spirit than their own lust. He taught them. He stripped away the things that they learned from Egypt. Because you see, my friend, it wasn't much that they needed to gain in that wilderness. But there was a lot that needed to be stripped away. They were being equipped to possess the promise. But the equipping came through stripping. So have patience and endurance. And keep following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Even when it takes you into difficult situations that don't feel like blessings in the moment. You see, the world teaches physical blessings. But the Bible actually tells us that those who teach that physical gain equates to godliness or proves that you are closer to God. That they are preaching doctrines of demons and that you need to run away from them. Because what they are teaching is from an antichrist spirit that will cause you to serve materialism or mammon. And end up following that spirit right into damnation. The things that Jesus taught us were blessings. He taught us in the Beatitudes were the exact opposite of this. And unfortunately is the opposite of what many a people claiming his name are teaching and preaching today. He said, blessed are the poor. What? I thought it was a blessing to get lots of money and houses and fame and notoriety. No, he says that's a curse. He said it's harder for a rich man to enter into heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. And those who seek after riches have actually fallen into a snare or a trap of the enemy. You better learn the word of God and stop listening to counterfeit celebrity Christianity. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, the meek, the humble, not the ones who garner great attention and mass followings. He said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted and they will truly get to know the comforter in all of his glory. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they who are persecuted and hated among all nations for my name's sake. Blessed are they when men shall revile them and say all manner of evil against them falsely. He says, very great is their reward. You see, when Jesus taught these things, even his own disciples said that these are hard teachings. Who can abide by them? Jesus said that with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. In other words, the Holy Spirit will be given to equip you, to strengthen you, to lead you through this process. Because he's trying to make you ready to rule and reign with him in New Jerusalem. 
And he's not putting anybody in that place of great authority who's still walking in pride, selfishness, and arrogance, and vanity. Oh Lord, forgive us for the trivialness of what we think is Christianity. Help us to grab hold of the reality of the eternity that you are truly preparing us for placement in. And let us be willing to endure the strippings that are necessary to prepare us for it. You know, we've come to see Christianity as such a trivial, surface, minimal thing. We look very temporarily at it. What can I get here and now? Some attention, a blessing, some notoriety, a fan club. There's a purpose in the testings and wildernesses that we enter into in this earth. Don't run from the classroom. Don't run from the threshing floor. Because when Jesus came out of his wilderness, having passed all of his tests, it says, then he went out in the power of the Holy Spirit and he began his real ministry and purpose. The Israelites, once they went through their wilderness, the very few who did pass the test, they moved into promise. But even once they were in the promised land, the lessons didn't end. There was still a work of refining and teaching to be done. And even when we make it to New Jerusalem, it's not just to sit there and eat food and listen to music. We don't die and go to heaven to sit on a cloud and play a harp like the cartoons tell us. We are being prepared for a purpose. And we will continue to be used and do the work of our Father's kingdom for all eternity. We can't even fathom or grasp the complexity of what that means. But by faith, we have to know that it is worth the training. So get alone with the Holy Spirit today and ask him what needs to be stripped away. Lord, we want to be equipped. We want to be ready. We want to learn every lesson. We want to pass the test. We want to receive the real blessings eternal placement and equipping for the purpose for which we have been created in your eternal kingdom. So let us not hold to the little worthless paper blessings, the chaff that keep us from it. Burn it up. Send the wind of your Holy Spirit like a winnowing fan to blow it right out of our hand. If that's what it takes. Money, materialism, selfishness, distractions, entertainment, temptations, lust, lies. It's all vanity. It's going to amount to nothing. And we're going to all be ashamed when we stand before God on that day. And see all that we gave up. Trying to hold on to these little paper nothings. No, Lord, we want to be purified. We want to be equipped. We are willing to be stripped, to be prepared, to be part of the true body of Christ. Cleanse your wheat, O Lord. Make us the bread, the body, the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. 
To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.